0: Isn't this where I got into the conversation?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you just brought it right back. It's the circle of life. Or death. Could be. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko.
2: Welcome to Deep Space Nine.
0: Red alert! All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert! Shields up! What shields? You starfleet
1: officers! Now start acting like it! Oh, it's just Garrick. Plain, simple. Dax, we might
0: have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist.
1: The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. And for Starfleet, one of our most important posts.
2: (laughs) Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to the Prophets and Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, and Dr. Bill Robinson. Bloody
1: hell. Hi everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Listen to the Prophets. I am <laughs> exciting
2: is catching a check we really can't write, let's be honest.
1: Okay, welcome to this week's... Somewhat entertaining episode of I Listen think you're to going a bit
2: farther as well To be brutally honest All right. Listenable
1: Okay folks hopefully we can get through This one relatively it's, painlessly
3: It's Dave <laughs> Pen, It's Dave Pendulum Pascarella He's just going to go from One end to
1: the other <laughs> Joining me this week Is our usual gallant crew our MI6 representative, Sir Andrew Leyland. Greetings, Highlander. Our Central Intelligence Agency officer, Commander Paul Spataro.
0: Give me a moment, Dave.
1: And our Chief of Naval Intelligence, Doctor Bill Robinson. Okay,
0: okay. So so none none of us are are part of some sort of secret uh, organization getting information uh, behind the scenes? You
1: mean those things aren't secret? Are you kidding me?
0: Those things are all quite overt.
1: Are you saying like the way everybody knows who James Bond is? Wait, did you just call me fat? Oh, you said overt.
3: Sorry, never mind.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is the world's most famous secret agent.
1: What? He actually has a credit card that says James Bond 007. Actually, no, that's Batman. My mistake.
2: <laughs> Batman has a credit card that says 007 on it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well. Do we have any Star Trek news? Yes! We do? We do. Uh, I was surprised. I was shocked. As am I. So,
3: CBS is going to, in their new fall schedule, wait for it. They're going to show... Season one of Discovery on network TV. So we've already had it on network TV. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. Well, they <laughs> won't we'll have anything to her, will they? <laughs> Nothing's been filmed. No, 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 no. This is the first season of Discovery. Yeah,
2: that's what I mean, though. They'll they'll, they'll be pulling from everywhere
3: because. Well, I yeah, mean, they're probably hoping to they're share. gonna, you know, drive people that at CBS All Access app. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. So, I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the only uh, well, but Star the, Trek type As, as we're have.
0: recording this, uh, Lower Decks is on now, and my understanding is as soon as Lower Decks concludes, we're supposed to get Season 3 of Discovery. So, that's obviously yeah. all filmed.
2: Yeah, that was all done before all this kicked off. They just hadn't completed post-production. And it's been held up slightly by the fact that post-production has had to happen in lockdown, which has proved to be a longer process. Somebody was talking about it on Twitter. It may have been Anthony Rapp. But he said, it's all done, it's all finished, and it will launch our schedule. Now, they got away with it because they hadn't actually announced a date for season three of Discovery. So that worked out in their favour.
3: I'm curious... I'm curious curious where they're going to go. Maybe it'll be more enjoyable, because they're not bound to... They didn't break themselves into a corner more so than Enterprise did with, you know, trying to wedge it into existing canon.
2: Yeah, it had exactly the same problems Enterprise did. uh, Because you're like, well, okay, if there was an Enterprise under Jonathan Archer, that means that all those ships on Kirk's wall in the motion picture are wrong. Shift down once. (laughs) Everybody move over. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of alright with that because, you know, we had to kind of squeeze Enterprise into canon as well. I just think they are going to be freed up by the fact that now they're far beyond anything else now. Because
0: they're
2: even beyond Picard, I think. (laughs) Far beyond this world I've known, far beyond my life. What kind of world am I going to
3: find? I I think I just messed the lyrics up, didn't I? You know what they're going to do? I just realized what they're going to... Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Not to want to go back and watch Voyager. So (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) How far did did Discovery go into the future? Did they go a thousand years? From their point of view, I think they're going to end up in... Is it the 28th? century? Well, see, I thought they said they were going like 900 years into the future. Because they were already pre-Kirk, weren't they? Yeah. So, because if they went to like the 28th century, isn't that when the Time Bureau not... I mean like the time oh, like you, the,
1: you don't right. think
3: they're going to pay any attention to that do you no no. what I was going to think is what if they set themselves up as the time bureau ah. the, like the federation time police
2: I think that's you paying far more attention to canon than the
1: producers of Discovery ever do mm. Mm. Maybe that would be interesting
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I've gone to Wikipedia over 900 years after the
3: events of the original Star Trek. Season three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nah, that, that's all the only news I had. And It really wasn't news. It was just something I happened to read because I was, it was like, ooh, premiere dates for shows. And I was like, what? Discovery's going to be on network TV? Oh, okay. I enjoyed season one. I did too. I enjoyed bits of season two. I liked the episode
2: at the beginning of the season that, that was Picard, Picard. Pike and co. went to that planet of the religious people. Mm-hmm. That felt like an, an old episode. That felt like an old typical mm. Planet of the Week show. And I thought, oh, if we're going to do this this season, it'll be fun. And then they didn't. They found out you liked that. Yeah, they, they found out that they inadvertently done a season two episode I enjoyed we'll fix
0: that in fact erase all copies of his it was bad, I suppose
2: I'm I'm not on board with new Spock
0: no he doesn't feel like 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 Spock to me
2: how have they got Pike so perfect and got Spock so wrong (laughs) I like number one I think she's pretty good although I hope she gets a lot more to do
0: i just like to do my uh, Picard as Locutus and say number one.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, I'd forgotten it was 900 years. So, yes, that's that's nearly 1,000 years. Well done, Bill. Your memory is exceptional.
1: Huh?
3: (laughs) Who am I? I'm Jean.
1: Well, should we get into this? If we really must, yeah.
3: <sighs>
2: like we must. Yeah, it's, it's not a very good one though, is it?
3: Man, do I
0: think you enjoyed this one very
3: much. Ba-dum, 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 this is what you're going to argue. We're all trapped in Sloan's
2: mind, 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 mind. That's not what I became the for, is it? I like that I had background music there as well, that's good. Everyone's trapped in a cheap episode because we can't afford new sets or make
0: well, that was that's part of this one. They, that they had they had planned a different uh, location, but then realized that it would cut into their budget for the final episode, so they had to put this one on DS Nine to save money.
3: And but, and they also changed the the plot, but we'll get into that. Let well, do. Well, no, no, projects. they were also I think they were on the Bellerophon. Do do do, do. Bellerophon. do do do, do.
2: Bellerophon.
1: I guess we've put this off long enough. This week's episode is extreme measures. The diagnosis is fatal. How long do I have? But the battle for the cure. Yeah. Genocide Must
2: be fought inside the mind of a killer On the next Star Trek Deep
1: Space Nine Season 7, Episode 23 Directed by Steve Posey Written by Bradley Thompson And David Weddle Featured music by Dennis McCarthy This episode originally aired on May 19th 1999 and we have a guest appearance by William Sadler as Luther Sloane and Andrew J Robinson as Emil Garrick.
2: I can't believe Garrett went through that makeup process for what 30
3: seconds of screen time. Yeah. Well, maybe they like Yeah, but they
2: maybe they filmed it at the end of a day when he'd worked yeah, on another episode. Yeah.
3: I because I can't see them doing that just it's like hey we got him in one scene we need to film the scene for next week you know just say blah blah blah
1: yeah.
3: and we're done
1: in scene the plot unfolds as follows Sloane shows up in Julian Bashir's quarters Baited by the fake announcement of a cure of the changeling plague. When Sloane sees no way to get out of Bashir's interrogation, he kills himself. Bashir, with Miles O'Brien, uses a multitronic and interpreter to infiltrate Sloane's mind. Bashir is quick to warn O'Brien that they only have a short time to find the information. When Sloan's brain shuts down, they'll die with him if they're still connected. Upon entering Sloan's mind, they are immediately greeted by his subconscious, which is more than willing to help them, but is prevented by Sloan's higher brain functions from speaking. After a meeting with Sloan's family, in which Sloan apologizes to his family for not being there when they needed him most. A different version of Sloan enters the room, destroys it and informs Bashir and O'Brien that they can't have the information. Sloan has created a scenario that leads the two to believe that they are forced to exit Sloan's mind. The scenario includes their believing that Sloan has died. When Bashir sits down in his quarters to read, he discovers that his book ends exactly where he stopped reading the previous night, and then starts over from the beginning on the next page. Deducing that they're still inside Sloane's mind and fell for a stalling tactic, the two return to Sloane's mind and eventually find him in his office, which is filled with secret data about Section 31. Sloan taunts Bashir with the information in his mind, information that would allow Bashir to dismantle Section 31 once and for all. With seconds left before Sloan's brain shuts down, O'Brien recognizes the trap and tells Bashir to get them out of Sloan's mind. Having obtained the chemical formula for the cure, Bashir administers the drug to Odo, aside from a brief discomfort, Odo is completely cured. So what did we think about this?
3: All I could think about is every time somebody said the word the cure, all I could think yeah. about. Friday, I'm, Friday, in, I'm love. in love. <laughs> I'm in Sloane's mind, I can't get out. <laughs> what if I had been reading another book that I'd already read that I would have died in here? Du, 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 du. There's so many plot holes in this. I just don't want to go into them. Oh, sorry.
2: Um, as an episode, it's perfectly okay. Yeah. Its placing yeah. in the season is deeply
3: disappointing. Well. I thought about that too, thinking, wow, they should have had this earlier in the season, but then... No, they couldn't, because of of the story. They couldn't have had this anywhere else. My issue with it is that this is an
2: entire episode devoted to this in the middle... Well, it's not even in the middle. As you're barreling down on the conclusion of this 10 episode arc suddenly everything grinds to a painfully slow halt while Bashir and O'Brien go walking around the corridors of Deep Space Nine for 45 minutes and it's one of them that it would have worked better perhaps if this could have been a subplot running through two or three episodes and we kept cutting back to Kira and Worf or whatever and that may have made it a little more palatable having it as a 45 minute episode here didn't hide the fact it was exactly what it was. Oh, shit. We've ran out of money. We can't afford the finale if we have an episode where we go on location or build new sets or have extensive makeup. So we've got to do an episode entirely on the ship. We've got to do an episode that doesn't have Wayoon or the Cardassians in it. And it's got to be down and dirty and quick. And it's just got to be lots of talking and, and walking. And as such it's going to be a difficult one to grade because it isn't badly written and it's certainly very well performed and it's very nice to give O'Brien and Bashir this last moment in the spotlight because their relationship has been one of the backbones of the show but I couldn't help but watch it and just become more and more bored by it through no fault of its own because of where it is in the overall
3: story I mean, it's, it, okay, look at it like you're riding a roller coaster, and we're going, and we're going, we're, you know, we're getting there, we're almost to the end, and then there's a little dip, what was that, okay, now back, we're going to go ride, and we're going to the end, it's, it, it, it's just, I I was watching this thinking, I can't believe, it's like, Okay, yeah, we're gonna there's there's another subplot, right? We're gonna break away yeah. from something else. We're gonna right? look at something, something? else, are mm-hmm. uh-huh, Yeah. Well is this not the with...
2: is this not the bit in the roller coaster where the roller coaster breaks down and you just sat there for five minutes? Oh, oh yeah. I, God, I mean, the, you guys are yeah. just
0: unreal. This episode oh. was fun. What the oh, hell is wrong with you two?
3: Oh, you you can't back <laughs> that up. You you, just you, you certainly no
0: you
2: certainly can't back up the claim that it was fun.
3: Oh, it was <laughs> just
0: just see, just you know, just the intrigue of it all and, and the, the, the two the two Luther's running around and uh, Stop two, it. Two I, I, I am and not I, you I I so love I love the scene when he when he says, uh, Hey Chief, how's the family? What does that mean? What do you mean by that? <laughs> I thought it was crazy.
1: You're joking. I'm not joking. Uh, were you facing the right way when you were watching this?
3: <laughs> yeah, were you actually looking at the TV? Are your <laughs> eyes brown right now because I'm not buying this. <laughs> oh, we yes. did not watch the same. The, my, was, my,
0: big, my only criticism of this one, and seriously, it's my only criticism of it
3: this It should one. have
1: been a two-parter, right?
0: No, my only criticism is that when he injects Odo with his cure, it cures him in like three seconds and he's totally back to normal. <laughs>
1: This that was the only thing. It was, like it, was like it should have
0: been more of a slow and painful process. It should have been okay, by next episode he'll be back to normal and it's just, you know, uh, but right now he's going to have to convalesce for a while. He just kind of glowed and turned right back into old Odo.
3: I was in more pain when they had to check for the kidney stone with the camera for a longer period than Odo was, and I think I was in more pain. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. Well, that's I, I'm, I'm giving you that. The cure was too easy. But other than that, I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought this was I'm serious. I, I really did. I thought all the intrigue things going on. I mean, I, I did have some some logistical questions about things that were going on. Uh, my biggest my biggest one being, I think, if if Section 31 thought uh that that. Bashir had a, a cure, I think they would have just sanctioned him and destroyed his lab. I don't think they would have sent Sloan in to talk to him, because I, I, you know I think that that's almost kind of silly. I, I, you know, th- even even if they just destroyed his lab without sanctioning him, he would remember the cure, and and that still right, wouldn't so be good enough. So I do think if, that they would sanction him. Uh, but but that's it. I, I you know I don't I don't think they. I, I thought the whole thing going into his brain and he's got the, the half of his brain that's like a normal person that that wants to to help well, and, and, do, yeah. and and feels regrets for the way he lived his life and then he's got the other half that's totally dedicated to section 31 that shoots you know it's almost like you have a little angel Sloan and a devil Sloan on each shoulder and, and and the the devil one shot the angel one uh, I, I just thought that was really cool uh, you know some of it is uh, you know you, I started finding it, you know, thought-provoking in uh, these manifestations of Sloane's family. Obviously, they're what his mind thinks they would be, and thinks the way that, you know, thinks they would think of him, because they are not actually really there. It's in Sloane's brain. And then I thought the double cross of trying to make them think that they were out, meanwhile he was keeping them there. I thought that was really cool. And then finally, ending it with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was cool. I, I can just get it. I can almost touch it. <laughs> well, we have to get Let out of this year. you Indiana. Yeah. I, I just thought
1: it was really cool. I didn't even take the bit with his family as that that was sincere. I took that it was all a delaying tactic.
0: No, I didn't. I took it me. as that there was the part of his brain that did want to cooperate with them.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't see it. Uh, I, I, I figured that was just an excuse. Oh, yeah, we got to go see my family, and i got to say goodbye to everybody. That that was just another way to delay things, to run out the clock.
3: So, if he realizes he's still in his mind because he's reading the book, and he can't go any further, right? Yeah. So, because he doesn't know what comes after how can you read any of those reports in the room with Sloan's mind? How can he read anything on any of those pieces of paper cuz he's never read them? Now you could because say oh, well, Sloane's letting him
1: see them.
0: Those are in Sloane's mind. Those are information that is within the brain that they're reading from, but no yeah, one no but, one of the 3 of them has ever read beyond that page in A Tale of Two Cities. So there's no information to present beyond that.
2: You're telling me they have never watched Patrick Stewart's version of A Tale of Two Cities.
0: I'm telling you they have not. I'm saying they're uncultured thugs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe their civilization deserves to die after all. Yeah, exactly. They never oh. watched Captain Picard perform A Tale of Two
0: Cities. I thought I thought that that whole of was, on. Was, mm. I thought that whole aspect of the episode was really cool the way he realized, and it made sense to me.
3: Yeah, but it didn't deserve a whole freaking episode. Well,
0: originally, they had planned on having uh, Odo and Kira seeking the cure on another planet.
3: Why? Did they want to go to a concert?
0: But that didn't make sense either to me, because if Odo was so infirmed, he shouldn't be able to go and try and get his own cure. And if he's not that infirmed, then it's not as desperate. So I think, unless, I, you know, I, I think this this made more sense from a writing point of
1: view. Put Otto in a wheelchair where he could just be yes and no. That would have worked. That would be cool. <laughs> that would have been cool if they just did that for the sake of this episode. You know, he's,
0: right. he's deteriorated so far he can't communicate, but we found this old wheelchair. Can
3: <laughs> he could ooze into it. No, I don't
0: no but I, I I just found it to be a lot of fun when I was watching it. And, and again, it's. It's not a, you know, it's, it, there are other things they could have done there, but I, I thought the, you know, Andy, you did, you did concede that the acting was really good. I agree with that.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I like I, all the relationship stuff. I think all that relationship stuff. Well, you like Keiko better than me, don't you? Yeah, well, I think that stuff maybe. was fun. All, all that was, all oh, all I was. I love was, her. She's
3: my wife. All that was fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, like, like um, he's starting to get. Yeah, like,
3: but uh, you like me. <laughs>
0: He's he's starting to get all all defensive about it.
2: Yeah, all all that was great. All that characters. That's why it's going to be difficult for me to give it a rating, really, because there is lots to enjoy in it on a character basis. I just felt it grinds the overall arc to a a halt two episodes before the end. And I don't think that's good planning on their part.
0: So just just to, to start talking a little bit more about some of the details in it uh, I thought it was interesting when they went to Cisco it's something I've complained about in the past that you know they just kind of go off as, as uh, cowboys doing whatever they feel like and then there's never any repercussions in this instance they actually spoke to Cisco and, and told him what they were doing and told him what they were doing was illegal and he was just kind of like shaking his head uh, and and it's it's I thought it was a little layered there, too, because when Cisco at first was angry at them, Bashir started, you know, he, he protected O'Brien, saying, I ordered him not to say anything to you, which he really never did. So he was, mm-hmm. taking, he was taking the hit there, potentially. Uh, and then, then they admitted to Cisco what was going on. And I was thinking, if this ever went bad, Cisco would probably do the same thing. He he I think he he would have plausible deniability and they were giving him that. But he would say, "No, I ordered them to do this."
2: Yeah, I, I got that as well. Once he knew what was going on, they 100% had his backing. And he understands why they didn't tell him what was going on. He's just a little bit pissed off about it.
0: Mhm. So I thought that was, you know, pretty cool. Uh, you know, the scenes with, with Odo not wanting Kira to see him die, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of realistic.
1: Very realistic. Uh, what else we
0: have here? I'm just trying to look at my notes. Again, I, I did think there was a... Uh, I, I thought it was a little questionable... ...the method that they chose to pursue this... ...because I, I, I don't think they would go in... I, ...I think they would go in quietly... ...but I think they would go in quietly... ...kill Bashir, remove the body... ...and destroy his lab... ...and, and leave... ...and all they'd, all they'd be like... ...I don't know where Bashir is and his lab is in flames... <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> I, I ...accidentally knocked over his chemical... ...sorry about that... But, ...but you know in this instance... ...as far as section 31 is concerned... This is the key to winning the Dominion War and there's thousands and thousands or millions even of lives at stake. That's how they're viewing it. Yeah. So they would not let Bashir stop them. So then when when, when uh Sloane says, Well what are you talking about? You have the cure I, I thought that was kinda cool and you know, but I just again I don't think he would have gone about it that way. I thought I thought he might be a little bit more onto their plan and somehow Trying to manipulate them or something, you know. I thought that would have been a clever way to go. Um, I like that he was he was willing to to self terminate. And I, but I do think that they made a mistake. And I think this was. I don't think this was bad writing because I think the you know they're not or certainly Bashir is not an experienced person when it comes to this kind of thing. Even though he does his. holodeck programs where he's a spy but I think it was a big mistake of him to tell Sloan, oh yeah we have the Romulan mind probes because that's what made Sloane commit suicide he should have just kept his mouth shut why do you have to tell him your plan
1: yeah you know in his, <clears throat> in his defense he's probably so naive that he figured oh I'll tell him we got the mind probes and he'll just cough it Not up. Knock the mind, bro! I won't have to hurt him.
3: On a positive note, Bashir's come up with a brilliant new way for like therapy for for patients with mental issues, maybe. Or you know, Oh, I can now go into your mind and I can help you in yeah. there. I,
2: I can,
1: I this can't be dangerous at, at all. Yeah.
3: No, yeah. F- no uh, Federation uh, Drug Administration testing. We'll just yeah, hop right in. All it is, is
0: is, it's a mechanical version of the Vulcan mind probe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mind meld. I guess guess it's just a case of your mileage may vary, because I I was pretty, you know, riveted to my set while it was going on. Riveted?
1: Riveted,
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bill's struggling with this, Paul. (laughs) Bill, explain to me what was so terrible about it.
3: It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't this. I just not. I don't. I words words have left me. I don't know.
0: See, and this is why he's a podcaster, ladies and gentlemen, because he's got this way of expressing himself. You don't need to see. You don't need video. Just the audio enough is audio is good enough.
3: You have stunned me into st- stunnedness. <laughs> Oh uh, yes, yeah. your command of the English language how's ever. You have you have stunned me in the silence with your vigorous defense of this okay above average episode. If you <laughs> give this a five, I will. I don't know what I'll do.
0: I never said I was giving it a five, but oh
3: God, I hope not.
0: I never I mean, said I wasn't giving it a five either.
3: We'll oh so have to geez. wait.
0: We're not there yet.
3: Paul broke Bill. 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 E has failed to launch. Paul Bell,
2: we feel for you. Yeah, because you're with me. I am with okay. you. I, I thought this one was quite old, to be brutally honest.
0: That's okay. I'm, I'm I mean, used to being, I like I'm used to being the contrarian me. in this group. <laughs>
3: I like William Sadler, and you know it's, it's okay, says Paul. That the other
2: seventy-five percent can be wrong. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm sure there's people who liked it. I don't think I'm the only one. <laughs> just the only one in this particular. Jerry no, no, is
3: just the only one on the call. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're Don Amici in. Uh, um, uh, the Eddie Murphy uh, Dan Aykroyd movie. in place that Yeah, at the end when he's, you know, when when they're at the stock exchange. Turn those machines of, on. That's you. That's you. Oh, this is a good episode, and we're all like, no. We're all like far in Ragnarok. No, I uh, actually,
0: actually, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm far less emotional about this because I don't care that you didn't like it. It doesn't bother me that you didn't like it. It's okay. You didn't. That's fine. I I just found so, it to be very entertaining.
3: So again, you're like Don Amici because you're, because we're 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 laying there. We're Ralph Bellamy laying on the on the cart having a heart attack. Fuck him. Can't believe you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: you know they i mean i I, I think i presented my defense of it i, I did explain that. why i liked it i'm not i'm not just you know indifferent to that I'm, I'm willing to explain why i liked it and i think i did but but you know if you don't like it i'm not going to get upset
3: about That's it i <laughs> don't like it it's just uh, i'm just just i just did not expect such passion out of you I feel like we're yeah, in a superior run can, of episodes where, where they're sword. all very
0: entertaining.
3: I mean, of all the places for you to fall on your sword, this is not where I thought it was going to be.
0: I'm not falling on any sword. I'm standing tall and saying I enjoyed this. There's no sword to fall on, my friend.
1: <laughs> Turn oh. keys back on. It's more of a lightsaber. It's not quite a sword.
0: Uh, you know what? The more we the more we discuss this, the higher my grade goes. <laughs> just, just to so see if it'll Paul, set you Paul. off. So
2: that's Paul giving it an eight. <laughs> it's
0: the best episode of the entire Star Trek over. <laughs>
3: you know, I'm just doing this because I found something to get you goat, right?
0: <laughs> my goat is ungotten. <laughs> Again, I don't care that you didn't like it. I'm finding it amusing. You amuse me. You and your your, your gallant crew amuse me.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know what to say. Of all the places... Now you've broke Andy. You would have Yeah, the, of all the places I would have thought we'd have had somebody stand up and go, no, this is actually an excellent episode. I would not have picked this
0: one. The line is drawn here. No further. No off. more. This, this, in its own way... This, this is Move Along Home.
1: <laughs> move Favorite Along part. Home,
0: I was trying to say, was the worst oh. ever. And you were saying, well, it's not that bad. And this one, I'm trying to say, this is really good. And you're like, oh, this sucks.
2: <laughs> you it's know, the reverse. Actually, I, I would rather watch Alamaraid again than this one. Uh,
0: you see, now, now that's the wall I didn't think you'd go behind.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that, that's the bridge too far <laughs> for me, too. <laughs>
0: if this. nothing else if nothing else I feel like this one can, can get you just with the acting I, yeah. I, I think the acting yeah. is, is, is quality enough to, to keep you interested in what's going on on the screen and in particular my favorite my favorite moment and, I, and so what we're talking about is a moment here but just when when Sloan says hey Chief how's the family Miles' reaction what do you, what do you mean by that like just the way he looks his face oh I just thought it was great acting and it's just I can watch that over and over again just that one moment
2: mm. yeah the act and the characterization is spot on and I have no problem with any of that and like you said the scene with with Cisco I love that scene because Cisco does not ball either one of them out and he doesn't you know lord it over them or give them a reprimand but you are never in any doubt who is in command and the well, only reason and, and you know they slide. they get away with this crap all yeah. the
0: time without telling him so yeah. so if, if if he balls them out they can say you know what next time let's not tell him cuz we get away with it with no problem when we don't
2: yeah and the only reason he lets them get away with it cuz a he would have done the same thing himself and b they they kind of need this cure so if they've got to do slightly underhand tactics to get it you know the guy who, who brought the romulans into the war via nefarious needs isn't really in a good place to say, oh, you shouldn't really be doing this, it's not the Starfleet way.
0: But let's let's talk about that a little bit. Quality episode aside, I, I think that debate should be over at this point. Uh, let's talk about the logistics of getting this cure. Because they are potentially, at least cer- certainly in Section 31's uh, way of thinking, undermining the Federation's efforts in the war now. Uh, and potentially causing them to lose the war, because they're going to cure Odo, which potentially puts a cure out there for the Changelings, which, again, could shift the balance of power of this war.
2: Yeah. It's very interesting to compare this to that episode of Next Generation, where they had uh, a virus that they could implant in a member of the Borg, send it back to the Continuum, and it would wipe the Borg out, and Picard was all, we cannot do that, we're Starfleet. And here Cisco's all like, Whoa we're not
0: that star yeah
2: you know but I'm, i suppose you can argue that the difference is in this particular situation we are at war whereas in the next generation they weren't at war but it i suppose it says more about me than it does about star trek that i i don't like that episode i borg because I think you'd be like, well, maybe you wouldn't do it right now, but you'd certainly keep it in your back
3: pocket for the next time they invade. Yeah, it's. Yeah, but could you really be at war with the Borg because they're not a political entity with goals other than to assimilate? Assimilation. Like, it's not. That, well, yeah, but 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 they're not. You know, they're, they're basically they basically just Disney. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs>
0: So, you know, now,
2: they're not actually evil. They just want to own everything.
0: Yeah. Now from from even from the DS9 perspective, even we're talking about the crew. Realistically, all all we're doing here and I don't want to make light of it, but all we're doing is talking about sacrificing Odo, who's the only changeling who we have any positive feelings for. Yeah, all the rest of In order awesome. to in order to win this this war. Yes. And it's, it
2: becomes a situation where I think Cisco would sacrifice Odo.
0: I think, well, you know what, I was, I, 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 I was going to say something that's wrong. I was going to say I think Odo would offer to be sacrificed, but no, Odo, Odo values the Great Link too much. I don't think he would be willing to let this, uh, it's, it, he'd be willing to give up his own life, but I don't think he'd be willing to commit genocide on his mm. species
2: yeah and, and i think it's something it's it's an avenue they don't actually go down which is a shame because i do think that cisco would be like you know if it means we can win the war we have to let odo die and i think of all the starship all the star trek captains cisco's the one who'd go yeah okay
0: i can live with that well what's his name from discovery uh Lorca. A
2: locker.
0: Well, locker. <laughs> totally do it. <laughs> but uh, one, one of the interesting aspects of the original plan for this episode, when Odo was going to be the one, you know, along with Kira looking for the cure, was they were going to find out that Dr. Mora is the one who had engineered the sickness. Oh, right. Which I think that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. And as it turns out, I mean, you know, in your head canon, it could still be Dr. Mora who did it because they never say.
2: No, they never specify one way or another, do they? I do like O'Brien... Not O'Brien. I do like Bashir's determination in going, right, Section 13 needs destroyed. Because he's (laughs) right. They they don't hold up the ideals of Starfleet. But now we get into Discovery and the Picard era, they suddenly seem right at home. But I think that's more to do with the stories that they're telling in those shows than they were telling in Deep Space Nine.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there. Uh, You know, I... I, Again... I, th- I felt not only from a watching it point of view where I was entertained, but I do think there are some thought provoking things in here, too. And, and I, I think the, the aspect of Sloan, like I said, having the devil and the angel thing, I, think, I, I thought that was really cool to, to show that, you know, in his mind, even though he chose the course that he was going to follow, he still was conflicted.
2: My favourite Sloan bit was in his mind when he calls his wife Pumpkin or something. Whatever it is he calls her. <laughs> and you're like, Sloan calls his wife Pumpkin. <laughs> or muffin. He
0: calls her muffin, doesn't he?
3: <laughs> that made me laugh. And you figure you know, All right. you, you, you. Yeah, you know you've got some name for your wife that you don't want to admit to. <laughs> it's sure. probably not Muffin.
0: I don't I don't know what names he has for her, but I guarantee you she has names for him. And yes. Most of them would, would get us an adult reading, honestly.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Most of them would not be allowed on a family show <laughs>
0: uh, So, so I, I guess I didn't win you guys over at all, but that's okay. No, I mean, you, you I'm can, gonna, as soon as we as soon as we hang up, I'm watching it again.
2: fair enough. No, you, you did an excellent job of articulating why you didn't think it sucks as much as we did.
0: I didn't think it sucked at all. <laughs> exactly. That's
2: an irony. But um, you've not changed my opinion on the episode overall. The things I agree with you about, the things I thought were good about it in the first place, which is the characterization and the acting. The thing I don't like about it, more than anything, is its placement in the story. It's like suddenly stopping Star Wars 20 minutes before the end when they're actually going to go and attack the Death Star and having a 10-minute scene of Princess Leia and Luke just walking around yaving four. And you're like, why is this here? I mean, it's well acted and it's well written, but what the hell is it doing here? And that's my overall problem with this episode. But you can't shift it anywhere else because of the story that it's telling. And and I'm watching it before I did any reading on it, before I looked it up or anything like that. I'm watching it going, they ran out of money, didn't they? And when you're watching an episode going, this episode only exists because they ran out of money, you know there's a problem somewhere. And it's all in the placing of it that is my problem with it. I'm tuning into this at this point, two episodes from the end of this big 10-episode story arc that is essentially culminating five years, six years of storytelling, and I'm greeted by this. And there's no other way to describe it as a disappointment. And it's not the fault of anyone... Wait, 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 wait. wait. There's
0: no other way to describe it. I describe it differently.
2: Well, all right. There's no other way for me to describe it as a disappointment. And it is. It is well acted. And there's some great scenes in it. But all of those great scenes are are character moments.
0: But see, I, I see... What you see as a negative, I see as a forced positive. Because I think the lack of budget for this episode and I, you know they had other plans and they had to, to scrap them because they didn't have the budget to go forward or actually they, they had enough budget but they knew it was going to take away from their budget for the finale and they didn't want to do that so they sacrificed some of that uh, spectacle and I think it forced them to write a more thoughtful and meaningful script it also gave Bashir and, and O'Brien's, you know, roadshow a little chance to shine again before the end of the series, which I kind of liked. So I don't mind the placement of it either. Uh, I, I just thought, you know, I, I really just thought it was, a, like I said, a continuation of some really good episodes, and it fit into the, it fit in with the, with what was going on. We ended the last episode kind of knowing that this was going to be something that they had to, to follow up on, and we picked right up with it, and we went there. Uh, and like I said, I think that you know the writing and the acting just lifted up, so the so you don't need the special effects or the uh you know the you know it, it's okay that they did it on DS9. And, and, and these simple explanations, why why would the inside of your brain look like DS9? I thought you'd be more comfortable here. <laughs> you know that was that was fine with me. Indeed. Ah, that's just because you say. guys can't appreciate fine acting and writing, you know, it's not my problem. <laughs>
1: There was something about this plot that, and I can't find what it is, where I feel this was done before, to the extent of someone having a book where the pages were blank as opposed to repeating.
3: Well, that's and, the thing like if if you're like you, I think you probably saw that like in a movie where someone's in a dream. Where they like you? You pick up a book. Or you can't read certain things in a dream. Maybe I don't think
0: I've ever read anything in a dream.
3: Like that's I don't one way you tell you in a dream. In a dream. <laughs> but then I don't. Well, read that much well, in well Andy and I have done an entire show talking about dreams <laughs> years ago, dreams so, James, James, can come true. you've been kind
0: quiet through all of this. You know what? What is your overall thought? I know you generally agree with them, but just. Uh, why don't you uh, them
3: that's where we are now
0: and, and when and I say them I'm thinking them. I'm thinking of Captain America in uh, tales of suspense you have like the aim beehive uniforms on <laughs> you're either with me or you're against me uh, if you've read that Marvel snapshots
2: from last month aim play, play, uh, pay sorry very well really so, you go off and be your little hero in your little spandex tights. Me and Bill are over here earning shit tons of money.
3: We're pulling down AIM money. Yes, AIM money. Sitting on the beach money. earning 20%.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean, and since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you ought to treat me with
0: more respect. You still haven't perfected that imitation. I'm not, no, not I'm got me. I got feel, I bit, feel right? like Dr. Mora. <laughs>
1: Still in trouble there. <laughs> well, I myself have an affinity for beachfront property. Yeah. But I do, uh, Mr. Luthor. I, I wasn't thrilled with this episode. I don't, I far from hating it. It is far, far, far from the worst episode they've ever done. Oh. Yeah, that 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 would probably be the worst one. And but I felt I there's more boring ones than that though, aren't there? But anyway, sorry, carry on. I thought a lot of it was telegraphed. You know like before the reveals that oh Sloan's gonna good Sloan or which I didn't believe he was good, good Sloan was gonna get killed. Saw that coming. When they wake up on the station, but they're really not awake. They're still in the dream. Saw that coming.
0: I didn't see that coming, honestly, and you know, I guess maybe that's a shortcoming for me, but I didn't see it.
1: So, I mean, for those those reasons, I mean, the acting was good. I I like Luther Sloan as a character. I can see uh, a little bit from his point of view. And, uh, as for Odo's very quick recovery, that that I felt is, you know, Star Trek par for the course. I keep thinking of how many times Dr. McCoy cured people, and they went from gray hair and all wrinkled up to back to normal.
0: And and they went to a yeah, lot more pain than Odo did. Yeah, right. yeah I mean, but he cured, cured screen
1: from being like dead. dead, so... He <laughs> <laughs> got better. Right, up. Huh? The only thing that would have made it better if it turned out the cure was like two parts Tylenol, one part Antacid, <laughs> Take and some high blood pressure be medicine. Just <laughs> whip it all together. And Diet Mountain Dew. And Diamond Do, the key ingredient to saving them. Now, that's where I stand on this somewhat entertaining episode. <laughs> I, I just keep picturing,
0: you know, like when it, when it was good Luther uh, Sloan and bad Luther Sloan, I just picture the angel and the devil on the shoulders, and the devil just pulls out a gun and shoots the angel. <laughs> 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 so I guess we should rate this one. And Dave, it's your episode.
1: Based on what I've said, I I give it I give it a three.
0: Um, I'll go last because I'm going to be the highest, I'm sure.
3: Well, I, I don't know. I may surprise you, even though I had some misgivings. I was more shocked by your vigorous defense more than anything else. But I am still, even after everything I've said earlier, I am still going to give this. Um. Um, four phaser shots to the shoulder because I did it's standing alone as an episode with the things in it even though it was a little if I don't try to put it in context of the season it's not a bad episode I just think it kind of so maybe with that that's why I'm going to give it a four uh,
2: I'm only giving it a three
0: yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought this was a you know I, I don't think you know if we're gonna list the you know try and call out the absolute best episodes of the series that we're gonna put this you know oh this is one you have to see, but I found it to be very entertaining and I think it's a, just a very solid episode and I have it as a four.
3: So after all that, we're still agreeing for different yeah. reasons. All right. So, that's what we think.
0: But, what does Blaine think?
3: What does Blaine say? This will be just a new off-the-cuff composition. What does Blaine say? What does he say? We've really talked a lot, and there ain't much more for us to say. So now we got to see... What does Blaine
0: say? Blaine says, hi guys. See, you can transport the crew to a surreal, fictionalized version of the station and its corridors and make it actually worth watching.
1: Move along, (sighs)
0: Alamarain. This is the weakest (laughs) of the last ten episodes, in my opinion, but it still mostly works. I enjoy the dedication of Bashir and O'Brien to curing Odo. I like that they were finally able to beat Sloan after a fashion, given how he's treated them, and I like that Sloan was able to tempt Bashir readily because Bashir really would do whatever he could to destroy Section 31. I'm not a fan of how simple the cure was. Sure, it needed to be something they could memorize quickly before leaving, but if it's that simple, it makes it harder to accept that Bashir couldn't have found it in the lab. To put it another way, O'Brien has absolutely no advanced understanding of Odo's physiology. As far as I can tell, his biology knowledge would be standard first aid that all soldiers learn, and whatever he absorbed from being married to a botanist. Yet he could have easily memorized the cure while having no context for why and how it would work. I'd have greatly preferred something complicated enough that it made no sense to O'Brien, but perfect sense to Bashir's genetically enhanced mind. Something Bashir would have regarded as brilliant, out-of-the-box thinking, which only made sense when someone pointed it out to him. Something like his own research problem was solved by Serena in hours, even though he was stumped for weeks. Something where he'd have been able to figure it out himself eventually, but not not in time to save Odo. A simple solution just felt like like it cheapened the risk somehow. In spite of that, the episode largely works, particularly to really drive home the strength of the friendship between Bashir and O'Brien. Blaine. So now, reading Blaine's critique of it, I think he's kind of he's kind of falling in line a little bit. Like he liked the episode, but there were just some things about it that you know that didn't fall right for him. And t- it was more it was more the science of it that bothered Blaine than the narrative or the uh, drama. So that I think that's kind of interesting. But that will do it for Extreme Measures and our heated, angry debate. So the question then becomes, do we have any...
1: Will emails? any of us be
3: back for the last episode? <laughs> do we have any email to cover? Can we get over our differences?
1: Can we all get along?
0: I'm going to quit the show with two episodes to go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand being on on a show with guys who didn't like Extreme Measures. This <laughs> reminds me of, of uh, the episode of Cheers. Uh, maybe Ryan Daly would appreciate this where where they keep there's like a heated debate going on in the bar and and they' like like it's like they're ready to come to blows, and then Rebecca comes out and says, "We have enough room in this bar for, for fans of the Munsters and the Adams family." <laughs> <laughs> So do we wanna we have one email, do we wanna save it for next episode or read it? From our buddy Tissum Tissum.
2: Um, we'll read it.
0: Alright, so go ahead, Andy. <laughs>
2: All right, our email tonight is from Tissum Tissum. Oh Ben. Hello, Ben. Ships and shapes. Listeners, so as of this writing you just posted your episode about Tears of the Prophets. And that's it for season six. Minor point in response to the debate about whether Kira should be taking over the Defiant when Cisco goes down. Don't ask what it means that I know this, but Apocalypse Rising clearly establishes that Worf, not Kira, is the XO of the Defiant. Except when the writers forget or decide to change it. I thought we discussed that Worf was commander of the Defiant, didn't we? I mean, I don't remember that far back, but we, we certainly made mention of the fact that he lives on the Defiant, or he did before he married Jadzia.
0: I have a tough time remembering what we talked about in today's episode.
2: Did we talk about today's episode? Anyway, when thinking thinking through the series, if I were presenting it to someone, I would just acknowledge three inconsistencies once The Defiant is introduced. One... We'll now be seeing Starfleet's only warship go off on random non-war-related missions in the Alpha Quadrant, taking the entire senior staff and leaving the wormhole undefended, and leaving the viewer wondering who's running DS9 in the meantime. Maul? As Paul said, all of Trek is pretty much like that. Two, we'll be seeing the Defiant use its cloak without any Romulan monitoring, despite all the blather in the search about how the Romulans need to monitor everything. Three, Kira, who's not even a Federation citizen, is treated as a bridge officer and sometimes even the commander of Starfleet's only warship. This makes precisely no sense. We'll just pretend that she got special dispensation from Sisko, who keeps forgetting to check whether or not he actually has the authority to do that. Okay, hypothetical new viewer, we're not going to harp on these points anymore, but they will remain inconsistencies for the rest of the series. That's just how it is. By the time you read this, you'll be close to finish with the series. I hope you enjoy the way, by season 7, Deep Space Nine has reached a point in which, even though most of the stories are self contained Trek plays, almost every episode in some way builds on something that happened in the first six seasons. Not everything about the way DS9 finishes is perfect. Core characters tend to only be defined by the relationships to one or two other people. And, of course, the Prophet's Pal Wraith story gets reduced to stupid good and evil gods. But its constant ability to find new things, both epic and small to do built on this rich tapestry of what's come before is what makes Deep Space Nine the most exciting and satisfying Trek series. Enjoy that moment in the finale where like 15 guest stars are listed in the opening credits and everyone is someone whose name you always were excited to see. This has been a lot of fun as Worf might put it, nice podcast. Best, Ben is, <laughs>
0: Thank is you it, is it, Does it bother you guys that Ben is more articulate than any of us?
2: No, because he has time to think through what he's saying, whereas we just make it up as we go. Of course,
0: we? we don't think at all, as <laughs> <That's laughs> a rule. No, <laughs> I don't even know what articulate means.
1: Thinking is
0: hard. Uh, thanks, thanks for the uh, the email, Ben. And uh, yes, very well thought out and and uh, stated. Uh, so I guess that's it this time. What are we hmm. doing next time?
2: next time on an all new episode for the penultimate time of listened to the Prophets Let's Slip the Dogs of War the resistance crushed our forces eliminated
1: a total of 18 rebel bases the
2: Federation at the edge of defeat we've gotta do something deep Behind enemy lines, surrender
1: yourself or die. The fight for freedom, we should hit them with everything we've got, has become a losing battle. This is a great day for the domain. On the
2: next
0: stars like Deep Space Nine.
3: Cry havoc! Bye, everybody. Ta-da.
2: Bye. Listen to the Prophets at Deep Space Nine Podcast is a Two True Freaks presentation. It is hosted by Andrew Leyland and Paul Spatara. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright CBS and Paramount Entertainment. If you like to buy stuff from Amazon, and who doesn't, why not drop by the 2 website, where if you click the little link that we have there, it will take you straight through that site, and whilst it won't cost you any extra, we'll put a few shekels in our tip jar, which helps create content like this. We very much hope you enjoyed listening to The Prophets. Every episode is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean
3: Engel. And I just love his voice. I I could listen to Werner Herzog read the phone book.
2: <laughs> Should we consume a libation to celebrate the end of our personal narrative?
3: Yes. Does Werner Herzog say that?
2: Yeah, Werner, he's in The Mandalorian.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's my favorite line of his there's like this whole big long thing and then there's like another quote it says I gotta work on my Werner Herzog voice be sure to get the dark chocolate peanut butter cups they are right (laughs) by the register